0: hello everyone and welcome back to performer talks i'm your host bethany unwin and before we get started with today's episode, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's gone over to iTunes and left us a review, and anyone who shared our podcast on social media. Our aim is to reach as many performers as possible, making the arts accessible to everyone by providing free information for performers. If you haven't already and you love our episodes, please do head on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or share us and tag us on social media at The Perform Journals to show your support. Thank you so much, and let's get on with the episode. Today I'm incredibly excited to introduce our guest, the fabulous Ian Waite. Ian is a professional dancer, choreographer, presenter, and a director of FitSteps. Ian was a professional dancer on Strictly Come Dancing and currently still features on It Takes Two as a presenter. Welcome to Performer Talks. Thank you so, so much for joining us.
1: It's a pleasure. You've made me sound very important, Bethany, which is really nice. (laughs)
0: Well, you are. You're phenomenal. So it's a really big honour to have you on our show. So, for all the listeners at home, I would really love for you to tell them a bit of a backstory about you, a bit about who you are, all the amazing things that you've done, and what you currently get up to.
1: So, I'm—I was a former professional dancer on um, Strictly Come Dancing. Obviously, you've already said it, and um, I'm also a, a choreographer, a presenter. Um, a fitness guru, if you like, because um, now, um, I, I, you know, I created Fit Steps, which is a dance fitness programme, using Boreham and Latin American Steps, and um, pretty much all-round sort of entertainer, uh, and and touring a lot of the year, <laughs> when I can, when I can, obviously.
0: Absolutely. It's different times that we're living in now, but hopefully we'll be back in those theatres on tour very, very shortly. Yeah. Um, so I think the first question that everybody is going to be eager to know is you do so many things. You would like you say a dancer, a choreographer, a presenter, a performer, a director of a company. How do you juggle all of that and how do you do it? Do you schedule your days really well or?
1: Well, um, it it's, has been a challenge. <laughs> and I must say, um, during my time on Strictly, uh, it was pretty much full time because, um, you know, when you're on the show for four or five months, you don't have any spare time at all. You, you literally you're so tired after a day of, of training and then the weekend uh, you do the show and then on a Sunday. You have to choreograph and maybe rest a bit, um, so so you don't have any time when you're on the show. And then in the downtimes, you're normally touring. I was touring a lot with uh, with the Strictly brand and also doing cruises around the world um, with PO cruise ships, uh, strictly themed cruises. Um, so um, you know, at the time. Uh, I was very, very busy. Now, when I stopped doing the main show, it gave me a little bit of time to create something else because I always wanted something else to back me up because, you know, when Strictly disappeared, then what? uh, as a professional, what was next, you know? So I really wanted to create something and a lot of people were asking me about what – i'd really love to go to dancing i'd love to go to a dance school and do boring dancing but i don't have a partner or my hubby won't do it a lot of women especially and i thought well you know i i remember when i lived in holland um i i saw these les mills uh, fitness classes and i thought well you know i have a really fit body just from dancing so why can't we have you know boring dancing fit classes and um and i've always dreamed of doing it. And then after Strictly, it gave me a platform and also gave me the time to actually create something. And um, I created it with Natalie Lowe and Mark Foster. And um, it's become a really big brand now. And, and I must say, um, you know, I've over the last five years, I've been touring my own tours. Um, obviously, last year, I was two days away from opening uh, a UK tour with Vincent Simone, and then it got cancelled or did uh, postponed. First of all, till July, then September, then J- January, and now April. Fingers crossed. Um, so th- this year um, I had a lot of downtime, and um, fortunately, you know, Fitsteps was there, and I thought, well, this is my ideal opportunity to to do Fitsteps more. And, and so, um, uh, it gave me more time and I was doing, um, uh, well, five classes, um, online and, um, um, and two of those were to America. So, so, um, yeah, it's, it, we've been able to sort of reach out to all the corners of the globe by being online. So it's actually worked to our advantage in a way. And we've also launched FitSteps on demand. So, um this is like an offshoot of, of my entertaining and my presenting and my dancing and my professional career. Um, and it's really funny because um, a couple of days ago, my mum said to me, because my mum's in my bubble, and uh, she came to stay with us and she said to me, you know, you ought to think about something that's going to, you know, be as a backup to your dancing. And I said, well, um, did you think about Fit Steps at all? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you have got Fit <laughs> <laughs> so it's bizarre but um, you know it is still really difficult because um, when you're on tour or something like that, you're so focused on the tour every day. you're doing two hour shows, you're traveling if you're if you're touring around the country, you're traveling from one venue to the next. and it, I don't know how anybody else feels, but it's really difficult to focus your mind on doing something else at the same time. although you do try and do it. you know I try and still answer emails. And, and everything else. But it is a challenge. And um, I must say, um, I think it's really important that lockdown has given people the opportunity to stop, breathe and think, OK, what can I do from home? Yeah. And, um, and that's what I've been doing.
0: Absolutely. That's amazing. We're all having to adapt in very different ways than we'd ever imagined before. Um, So the fact that you've got the on demand now as well is just a really, really great thing. Um, So I want to talk to you a bit about your amazing dance career. Um, You're a phenomenal dancer. And I think everyone that will know you will know you and know of your success. Was it ever a really clear, yes, I'm going to do this. There's no doubt in my mind, I'm going to do it and be successful at it. Or was it kind of, there were loads of hurdles that you had to get past and people see the success now, but they don't actually realize just how many knockbacks and things like that, that there have been that you've had to overcome.
1: So um, I, I, to begin with, um, I, I, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother when I was five, six, seven years old, because when my parents were working, um, my grandmother looked after me. And, um, and she would always sh- uh, make me watch, well, not make me watch, because I loved it, but she used to make me watch all those, all black and white movies, uh, all the musicals, like um, On the Town and Singing in the Rain with Gene Kelly, all the Fred Astaire black and white movies. So um, I used to watch them and love them. And I remember watching Anchors Away and my gran walked in and she said, "She said there you go. She pointed to Gene Kelly and she said, that's what you want to be. She said, you want to be a sailor and travel the world. Well, I kind of did the next best thing and became a dancer and traveled the world. But um, it wasn't until uh, my parents split up when I was 10 years old and my brother was five. And my father were to- was told that there were a lot of, single ladies at the local dance school so he should go along because he'd be popular because he was a male partner and so he went along to the local boring dancing school and loved it so much that he said okay ian i want you to take your brother and you go to the classes the kids classes and i said no dad i'm not doing that um my friends won't like it and i'm not doing it because i i even felt at 10 years old I would be picked on and people would say oh you do that dancing it's so like you know feminine if you like and um, so in the beginning I took my brother and, and he started dancing and then one day they said to me um, I got to know everybody in the dancing school and about three months later they said Ian come on you join in with this and I just remember going on to the dance floor and then that was all I remember and then then starting to do my first exams and, and um, I remember going to, I was fortunate enough to go to some of the top competitions in the world when I was only 11 and I think that inspired me because I saw certain people like um, uh, the Hiltons, like um, Marcus and Karen Hilton and people like that do amazing shows and, and I just wanted to be them. I saw them at 11 years old and I just wanted to be them. So I started competing and um, at the age of 17, I became the European champion. And I started traveling all over the world in the World 10 dance and making the finals of the World 10 dance, European 10 dance. And, and, uh, and then, um, yeah, and then I, I, I turned professional. Um, at the age of, uh, I think it was something like twenty-five, and and it's sort of like I suppose you could say, um, uh, you know, what what was difficult when I was when I was um, starting to compete was that I was competing against Europeans who were getting sponsored heavily sponsored, and I had to pay for everything myself. So what I did was when I started when I was 16, 17, um, lived with my, not lived with, um, worked for my dad, who had an engineering company. And I basically ran the office. But to be honest, I was hardly ever there because, um, because of my lessons in London and practicing and then going away, representing England and the world championships and Europeans. I was away every other weekend doing some competition in Germany. So, so um, it was really juggling working and, and, uh, and dancing, competing for England. Uh, but my dad let me do that. You know, he didn't mind that I was away if I was having a dancing lesson because he wanted to support that. Um, and then um, I moved. Um, that really helped me. And my dad paid for a lot of my lessons. Then I moved to Holland, which is sort of when I turned professional. And uh, I became the Dutch champion and then the Belgium champion, dancing with different girls. And then I literally moved back to the UK seven years later. And um, a couple of months later, I was invited to dance on uh, Strictly Come Dancing. And and kind of the rest is history, really. It just, um, you know, and that was uh, that was 16 years ago. So. um uh, you know, it's like three parts of my life and they change so much from being the competitive dancer to going to Holland for seven years, coming back and then going into Strictly. So it's like really three stages of my career.
0: That's amazing. Was there like three different almost gear changes within that were there certain aspects that were so different from just competition to then going professional and was there another big jump from being a professional to being a professional and strictly where everyone knows your name
1: yeah i mean um from going to amateur to professional in the in the dancing world isn't that different really because if you're a a competitor you're just doing competitions the fact that they're called something else it makes no difference you know our amateur competitions and they were so good when they went into the professionals normally they went straight to the final the finalists because they were so good at their craft the amateurs they would be going straight into the professionals and also be amazing um so the actual transition to become to the competitive side of it the dancing side of it was no different the only difference was as soon as you become per- professional you could start teaching for a living so i started teaching dance and and doing uh, competitions to make money and and then I kind of stopped working for my dad, um, especially because sort of the transition to professional was also moving to Holland. So, so that was when I had to earn a living, teaching. So, so all of a sudden I was doing it twenty four seven, teaching and competing, and that's the difference really between being an amateur and being professional. When I was an amateur, I was having to try and hold down a job as well at the same time. So yeah, and then. And then when I came back and started with Strictly, um, I think the thing is, um, I always thought it was the competition side of the dancing that I loved, um, because I was I, kind of you get on that convey about with the competitions of dancing, and and you you. And you think that's everything to you, you know, the next competition and making the final of the next competition or being a a place higher is what you want to do. And you do it for years and years and years. But actually then going on Strictly and and performing on there and and then it was it became all about the performance and doing shows and and touring it. Then it became performing to an audience rather than the competing and um, I think that's where the transition came. And also, you know, being relatively unknown. I mean, you know, people in the dance world knew me because I was the European champion and I had I had form. So they, they knew me as a great competitor. Um, but then going on strictly and then being known by the general public and having a following and having a fan club and, and all of those things. Um, yeah, it was very different. And... I always say this, but fortunately it was quite gradual. So you didn't, it isn't like Love Island where you come out of there or Big Brother, you come out of there and you're bombarded and it's all of a sudden you're not known and then you're known massively. It wasn't like that. It was kind of a gradual thing. And 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 still I feel as though I'm lucky in the respect that I'm well known as a great dancer, but I don't really have any problems going anywhere. I don't feel uncomfortable. that. Uh, because my level of, of, of fame, if, as it were. So it's, it's um you know, it has been a slow transition. Um, and also, um, like, going from, uh, you know, a strictly pro, and then after that, it was almost like, what am I going to do now? And... Um, I think that was that was the key was to to create fit steps and create a business which uh you know which uh, like over the last year has, has become my savior if you like because um we've not been able to perform we've not been able to open the theaters to be able to tour we've not been able to do shows around the country not been I've not been able to even do classes you know um, normal uh, boring classes that I used to do I can't even make my money that way it's been almost impossible thank God for zoom and the fact that technology is so good nowadays we can all do this we can have the interviews and we we don't have to be there in person which is great it's great but um, yeah so It's been kind of a nice natural progression, but I'm always like wanting to push the boundaries and hopefully move on to, you know, I've been open to changing my career and I think that's the key really.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've got to be able to adapt and it's amazing that you've had this and had that set up ready for what was a very dramatic change that none of us expected. So um, I want to ask you about the... 10 years that you've spent on It Takes Two. Now, um, was that a massive change from being the dancer, being interviewed, to going to being interviewer and be presenting on TV? Was that a massive daunting shock or were you just eager for a new challenge?
1: Um, yeah, I found it very intimidating on television. I, I have to say, um, in the beginning, um, that was the difficult thing to actually talk on television, and and be really. You, you can't. I mean, now I'm struggling to describe it, but um, it's it's something which you 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 have to learn. You you can't just be good at it straight away because it's all about it's all about practice. The more you do it, the more confident you get with it, and the the easier it gets. But. Um, you know, I was I was used to talking in front of an audience and, and commanding an audience because I'd done shows since I was like 16 years old to big audiences. And whilst my dance partner was getting changed, I'd be chatting to the audience, telling them stories and all sorts. So I was used to talking to an audience. Um, I think TV was very different and presenting um, I, I, I mean, I was so fortunate because they, they wanted to make this part of the show, It Takes Two. They wanted to make part of it about us looking at the training and basically dissecting the training and critiquing it. Um, and, you know, I always wanted to be very impartial. I didn't want to have favorites. And I wanted to critique it as I saw it, but also wanted to give it a balance of I didn't want to just critique it and say, oh, this is wrong. That's wrong. You're not doing that wrong. It's terrible. Um, uh, I wanted to give it a balance. So I wanted to make sure that that if I was going to critique something, I also wanted to point out what they were good at. And what they need to keep pushing forward at and and what was great about their performance as well. So, you know, giving them tips on how to improve it, but also uh, reminding people how good this part of it was. You know, whether it was their personality or whether it's the character of the dance, maybe the technique was terrible, but, but you know, the energy that they gave on the dance floor. I still think it's really good to balance that out in a critique. So the, 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 especially the celebs, they feel very vulnerable. Um, and so um, it was a learning curve. So I, I, if I look back at my early presenting and I could, you know, I sort of die and cringe. And I should imagine any any presenter looks back at their presenting and, and thinks, oh, my goodness, that was horrendous. But um, I think uh, also what i was fortunate with is that me and zoe had zoe ball had such a great relationship and i think that's one of the keys and the reasons why i've been doing it with zoe for over 10 years like you say i can't believe it's 10 years it's gone so quickly and that's 10 years since i was on strictly also uh, as a professional although i did a lot of um christmas specials and and also children in need and some special a lot of specials i did to help them out um so it doesn't feel that long ago it's probably about three or four years ago that i last performed on strictly but also my my i did a few dances with darcy on there which uh you know was like a dream come true but um yeah i think uh you know it's all about practice presenting uh i think anybody can be good at it but it's just being given the chance and and then honing your craft And that's the key is to actually, you know, make it a bit better if if there's, you know, I still get picked up. My husband still picks me up on. Well, um," I said, do you watch it tonight? You know, I come home from the studio. I said, did you watch it tonight? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. "Mm, There's a few ums and ahs in there. (laughs) So, you know, I still have it where I would um and ah and procrastinate and maybe learn not to um instead of that pause and be okay with the silence but it's it's you know you've got to learn it you've got to learn the craft and 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 it's just about experience and confidence really that makes you better at it but um i love my relationship with zoe she's become such a great friend and i think that's you know you see it in people like uh holly and phil uh on this morning and and other you know great couples on tv uh, it's just we, we just get on and we, we're like we're about the same age and uh we're like blonde tall blonde leggy sort of in a way we're very clumsy and <laughs> and uh, scatty and we're so similar that uh, we have a lot in common but uh, and i actually knew zoe before i danced with her on the show so um it feels as though it's just like an organic thing that we've progressed and, and our friendship has grown. And she's been a great like, friend and confidant and, and she's given me lots of advice. So she's been amazing, so it's great.
0: They're so lovely to hear. It's so nice when people make genuine connections through things you wouldn't expect. And it sounds like Strictly has not only given you relationships and a career as a dancer, but it also gave you um, a presenting career as well. Did you know way back when they offered you the job on Strictly that it was going to be such a sensation and a life-changing big part of your life that it wasn't before?
1: (laughs) No, not at all. I think, um, well, it, we knew it was on primetime. And so it, wa- it was so different to be to be on TV on a Saturday night and and perform for everybody. I mean, that is like, you know, uh, for a dancer, it's like the golden egg of every, any any dancer would love to be in that position, to be on primetime TV on a Saturday night. And I must say... I remember my dad saying in the first series, "Well, you know, if you get two years out of this, it'll be wonderful." So hopefully, they'll ask you back next year. You know, that was in the middle of my first year with Denise Lewis, and um, and then sort of eight years later, I was still in the show, but then then going on to It Takes Two. But um, yeah, it, during that period, actually, was when it it sort of grew, and I, I I could feel the difference even between series two and series three with Zoe Ball where the 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 public and all of a sudden millions of people started watching it it really grew and and became sort of this cult viewing and and you know the best show on a saturday night is still the biggest show on tv so it it just just to be part of that is like a dream come true really and um i feel very fortunate that i was in the right place at the right time Although I could have been in the first series had I had I had I moved back from Holland a year earlier. But still, you know, I might not have been if I had moved back a year earlier, I might not have made it onto the first show and consequently not made it onto the second show. So so, you know, but I was very lucky because what happened was I bumped into Camilla Dallarup during the first series Um, in Blackpool, it was a big competition in Blackpool and uh, we were chatting away and she split up from Brendan and I just moved over from Holland and we were chatting and we were saying, oh you know, we should get together for a coffee, Um, it's lovely to see you and I've moved back from from Holland and uh, she told me about the split from Brendan and then a month later I got a call from Camilla saying "Um, do you want to partner up? Do you want to become my my partner. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. Um, and then whilst we we had a meeting, basically we went to McDonald's and we had a coffee and we said, should we dance with each other? Yeah. We didn't even touch each other. We didn't dance with each other. We just knew it was right. And she said to me, oh, by the way, the BBC um, are looking for new professionals for the second series. Would you be interested? And I said, yeah, yeah, sure. I'd love to. Love to, definitely. And during that time, I was auditioning for um, a DVD with Angela Rippon. Uh, beginners ballroom dancing they needed a presenter to present it and um, I went through some auditions for that, there were about 40 people auditioned, really famous well known dancers I won't name any names, I don't want to upset them and I got the audition I, I, and um, so I filmed that, I remember it was on something like the 11th of July with Angela Rippon and on that day I got the call from the BBC to say we'd love to see you um and then I was I was on holiday in Ibiza on the beach and uh somebody from the BBC said, We really like you, but we haven't got any up-to-date footage. And I'd just in this in the December, I'd just come runner up in the uh European show dance with my Belgian partner. And uh it was on French television and I had a recording of it. So I I did know more. I phoned my dad up and I said, oh, dad, could you send a recording to the BBC? I said, because they're asking for it for the next series. This was like the beginning of September and it was only going to start in like two weeks time. <laughs> and uh, so he said, yeah, sure, I'll send it to them. So he found the video, sent it to them. But without me knowing, he'd sent it by courier. So it was with them in like an hour um and two hours later they rang me up they said we've seen your video and um, we want you on the show so that was <laughs> that was uh, you know and then i i remember getting the call on the beach in in ibiza thinking oh my god and all my friends going oh my god you're gonna be famous so it was quite a moment and um yeah i, I haven't looked back since really it's been amazing
0: that's incredible and the fact that it happened so quickly It's exciting, Mm. but equally, it must have been such a blur for you.
1: Yeah, I think it was only literally three months after I'd moved back to the UK from Holland, after seven years in Holland. So, yeah, because I was all, like, focused, blinkered on building my teaching career and my parents. Actually, um, what I didn't say as part of the story was that um, my father married my dance teacher, when I was about 19. So, so then I could use the studio and I had this on tap, this dancing school in Reading that I could use at any time. So it's kind of, it was a full circle then.
0: Amazing. That's incredible. Um, So obviously, as you say, you're not just obviously been on Strictly, you are touring professionally in theatres and you have been for for a while and obviously you're going to do a new tour obviously it was Menaby last year it was postponed obviously due to covid but you're going to be doing the ballroom boys tour with vincent how excited are you where can people get these tickets from because uh, people are desperate to get back in the theatre and what can people expect to see from this tour
1: so w- we toured um in 2019 um with our first show together the ballroom boys and um, I remember uh, I I'd, I'd toured with um, Natalie Lowe for two years, and then the year after that I toured with Oti Mabusi. and um, and she wasn't she got asked to tour with um, the Strictly Pros the year after. So I was looking for a partner to tour with. And I remember thinking, who, who out of the girls can I dance with, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I knew a lot of them, obviously, but some of them were touring and some of them weren't. So I wasn't sure. And then I got this phone call from my dad and my dad said, well, why don't you ask one of the other boys? I said, what do you mean by that? That's, that's, that's ridiculous. What do you mean? Um, we can't dance together. He said, no, but you could get some girls to dance with you. And then it's, it's you and, and whoever it is. So I did think about it. And then I thought perfectly Um, I I, just so happened that um, Vincent and Flavia had stopped touring together. And Flavia had said that she was hanging up her dancing shoes and she was retiring from touring. So I thought, well, Vincent must be at a loose end. So I phoned Vincent and he was on holiday in Spain. And I said to him, Bello, Bello, <laughs> uh, what do you think about doing a show together? And he said, yeah, I'd love to. I'd, I'd love to. When? Next year. And I was like, yes, next year. So um, so he was really up for it. And then I said, I've got a name for it, The Ballroom Boys. Uh, what do you think? And he said, brilliant. Love it. I said, and it will be very different to the shows he did before. Because the shows he did with Flavia before um, were always, uh, they never broke the fourth wall. So it's very West." West End musical shows, telling a story, but they never talked to the audience, never. It was all about the story and towards each other. And Vincent and Flavia always used to do the romantic dances. And it was all, the story was always about them and circled about them. And I said to Vince, "This this is more about us showing off our favorite dances, talking about our experiences, whether it is our past experiences as dancers, our experiences on Strictly, the funny moments, the things that went wrong, and and funny things like that. We possibly do funny things together, which we did. We did a funny dance together. We did a ballet routine together, The Nutcracker, and we and we also did. I sang with the singer at the end and did um, Bring Me Sunshine, and then he walked along the back with his overcoat on, and and we pretended that we'd gone home. And then we came back on stage, and, and then he was walking home with his carrier bags. A little bit, very, very, I don't know whether you're too young to know this, but a little bit sort of uh, Morecambe and Wise. Have you heard of Morecambe and Wise? Yes, very much course. like that. Very much like that. <laughs> and that's our comedy, because Vincent's so small and I'm so tall. So we even look like little and large. It's funny. Um, and it was such a huge success. We had sold out audiences all out, over the country and we had such a great time and it developed into like a massive, really great tour. So we said, um, our promoter said, do you want to do it again next year? I think it'll sell really well. So, and that was like in 2019. So we, we were hoping to tour with Act Two, the Boring Boys Act Two um, last year. It should be called... The second attempt, I think.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, the eighth attempt, <laughs> because the time, the, the, the dates would change yeah. so much. But um, so, uh, you know, so we said, yeah, let's do it. So we, we created a whole new show, a brand new show uh, with an amazing singer, Rebecca Luiski, and um, who's a West End star and uh, two gorgeous girls who are known from the ballroom and Latin American world. And uh, we created act two, but two days before we were about to go on tour last year, we went into lockdown. So now our tour is due to start at the end of April. So we're really fingers crossed that that goes ahead. And if not, maybe a couple of weeks later, um, maybe with restricted viewing, we don't know what's going to happen. But we are going to, no matter what happens, we're going to do it. So. Um, you know, if you want to look for tickets, go to um, the boring boys dot com and uh, all one word, the boring dot com. And um, and there's all the list of the venues that we're going to around the UK. So but it's been amazing. And and the audience reaction. Vincent is so funny. If anybody knows Vincent, he is like. You know, he's the Italian stallion, the original, the OG Italian stallion, not not Giovanni. And um, and he is so funny. So um, I, I love touring with him. I mean, most of the time he comes with me because he's now living in Spain before he was living in Northern Ireland because of his, his family. Um, so uh, I love working with him. He's just the most amazing person. He never complains about anything. Um, I'm the one who's moaning, if anything. Uh, But he's amazing. I love
0: him. Yeah, he's incredible. He's another incredible dancer. So I imagine the two of you together would put on an amazing show. So uh, definitely going to need tickets for that one, I think. Um, So I'm going to have to look into that later. Um, But definitely, that sounds like it's going to be an amazing, amazing show. Um, It will be,
1: don't worry.
0: (laughs) Oh, amazing. I'm excited. Um, So I think viewers would really benefit from hearing a little bit more about your fit steps because as a dancer myself i know that it's so hard to keep in shape especially in times like these um it can be really difficult and also i find you know yes hit workouts are great for you but they're nowhere near as fun and (laughs) the reality is we all love to dance and the latin and ballroom infused fit step sounds amazing like it sounds like a lot of fun so can you tell people at home how they would get involved in that how they would find you and how they would start taking classes
1: yeah well um i'll tell you a little bit about fit steps first of all so um as i said when i i was creating it i had in mind um all those lovely ladies at home that wanted to dance ballroom dancing but didn't have a partner. So it was, I mean, it literally, it's been made for social distancing and Zoom classes because you do it on your own. So that's the, that's the beauty of it, really. But we, um, you know, we have about a thousand instructors across the country. So hopefully there is an instructor near you. You should, you can look it up, either Google it Um, Or you can go on our website, fitsteps.co.uk and find a class and then you can try and find a class near you. And all of our instructors have put their details in. So you can find the nearest class to you, whether you might be surprised how close it is. And maybe even if they can't do lessons in a hall at the moment you might be able to zoom with them already because a lot of our instructors are doing zoom classes around the country so find a local instructor to you and do a zoom class with them just to get to know them and then you'll be able to do their classes in real life hopefully Um, and this year we've been able to launch um, uh, our new our new product which is our online classes so we've got many many online classes from lots of our instructors from myself from Natalie Lowe um, on an online service. We have an app, but you can also, if you don't want to use the app, you can also go onto our website, which is um, fitstepsondemand.com. And on there, you can get lots of classes. Now there is a two week uh, free trial. So you can try it for 14 days and see if you like it and and if it's for you or if it's not for you then you can carry on or whatever Um, but yeah i mean you know when i think about i'm so proud of it because um i mean it is my primary work at the moment and has been since since march Um, and um it's been great to actually connect with the community a lot more because i'm giving classes on a tuesday at lunchtime at one o'clock, and on Thursdays at seven on my Instagram and also on the Fitsteps Facebook page. Um, so, and that's for free. So, anybody can watch them and try it out if you want to try it out for the first time with me. I always make sure it's an easy class, so it's easy to follow. We do sort of four moves per dance, and it's quite a mix. So, uh, Fitsteps Original is made up of all the Boreham and Latin dances. Um, And then we have Fit Steps Fab, which is the dances like Charleston, Argentine Tango, um, Bossa Nova. So we have lots of uh, Charleston, all of those sort of dances, which lend themselves to Borom and Latin. And you see a lot of that influence on the Strictly, um, but not necessarily classic in latin so so yeah so there's lots of um variety in there as well you don't feel as though but it's also uh, what i love about it is you do a class and you have fun and you're doing all the boring steps and you're stretching all the way through and never do you feel tight after one of those lessons because you know dancing is all about stretching and stretching your arms out and like your body you're stretching your body all the time so and pointing your toes all the time so actually uh, I mean in the ballroom world we, we don't know what it is to cool down and do stretches to cool down because we don't actually most of the time you don't need to because during the dances you've already done loads of stretching you know um but yeah, I mean, uh, I'm doing five classes a week now, two to America. And, um, and I have about 1,000 people in America doing it per class. And, and it's kept me fit during lockdown. So with those five classes, I've actually felt as though, because, I, you know, listen, what I found difficult is all that time at home that you would normally be out doing stuff actively and not eating and then I think when you're at home, you get bored and you think, what can I do? And all you're doing is thinking about your next meal or your next snack. And you're not as active as you normally are. So the inactivity, including the extra calories eaten, ends up you end up putting weight So a weight on. So um, it's been a godsend for me, FitSteps, um, that I've been able to just – and also having a routine – you know, I know that I'm doing those classes on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and they are going to, you know, uh, and then I've got the weekend off sort of thing. So, yeah, it's it's good to have a routine and, and you know, it's such a different way to keep fit as well. It's a little bit, you know, a lot of people when Zumba, Zumba went so big as soon as Zumba came out. Um, but there's we've always needed something different than Zumba. And I think... Um, Ballroom dancing is the sort of refined, elegant alternative to Zumba.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It definitely sounds like it will be. It sounds like it will definitely keep you fit, but it'll also be so much fun. So I'll make sure I put the link on the show notes as well as all the other links that I'm going to drop in there as well.
1: Uh, so remember, yeah, like one o'clock on a um, Tuesday lunchtime and seven o'clock in the evening on a Thursday. And I'm doing it on my Instagram and on the Fitsteps Facebook page.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll put your socials in the show notes as well, so everyone can find you, as well as you being on our page. And I'm sure you're plenty easy enough to find if they search your name; you'll come right up. Um, and if they
1: if want more classes, they can go to FitstepsOnDemand.com, um, and there is our online service, which is really uh, taken off over the last year. Over the last year, it's been it's been exactly what people want. So it's good.
0: Yeah, and it's so convenient that you can do it from your own home as well. You know, putting the kids to bed or doing whatever you need to do during the day. And you don't always have time to get out the door and get there. So it's really convenient as well, I find. So having okay. it online yeah. is amazing. Mm. Um, I wanna ask you with all your knowledge that you've got of the industry, it can be really hard at times, this industry, but it can also be so rewarding and so many positives of this industry. What would you say are some of the really difficult challenges? And what would you say are some of the really big positives that make those challenges worthwhile?
1: Um, so um, the challenges are is is to diversify, I think. Um, who would have thought that I'd be presenting? Who would have thought that I'd be teaching fit? dance fitness classes who would have thought that you know all the rest of the things that I do um I would be doing and I think it's challenging to I think because when you've trained to do one thing all your life so I've trained to just and dance all my life so so at no point um was it on the cards that I'd be presenting or or um or doing these fitness classes, so I think I think the key is to be open to being diverse and diversifying, and being open to that, and and knowing that you're going to make mistakes. But I think the key is to is to also you know think how can I diversify, how can I make the most out of my career? It doesn't have to be just one way; it can be many, many ways, and. Um, you know, a lot of—I'd say—a lot of my luck in my career has been more about um, me uh, challenging myself and and putting myself out there. I think because if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't—I wouldn't have been presenting on it takes two. I wouldn't—I wouldn't have created this this brand, Fitsteps. And uh, you know, I wouldn't have presented. So I, I think it's really key that that you do keep your, especially in this world, because you know, I'm I'm a real technophobe as well, and now I would say that I'm quite a a Zoom expert. So if anybody needs any help, just call me. <laughs> um, so so I think uh, it's it's being open-minded. And um, but also uh, you know you've got to be prepared to work hard. Uh, I mean, when I was on Strictly, it was 24/7 for like four or five months, and then when I'm on tour, it's it's all-consuming. You know, you're doing set, eight, seven or eight shows a week, two-hour shows. It's physically demanding, and you, you you know it's it's you actually get to the stage where your body loves it and and that's what i miss i actually miss my body misses doing those those shows every day and having that workout and having that adrenaline rush every night and i i think um it's really important that uh you keep an open mind i think to possibilities and offshoots it doesn't mean to say you have to stop what you're doing to be able to create something else so FitSteps was created eight years ago, but I've been able to do my presenting and my my shows and, and everything else around that and still have FitSteps bubbling away underneath. You know, this year has been fantastic because I well, last year, um, because I've been able to actually dedicate a lot more of my attention to growing that brand. And 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 it's noticeably improved it, um, you know. So um, it is hard work and anything that's worth having is really hard work. But if you're prepared to work, put the work in, there's no reason why you won't reap the, the rewards. Does that make sense? Absolutely.
0: That's really fabulous advice. And especially in times like these, being able to adapt and have other things going on is a godsend. Um, The very last question that I'm going to ask you is we have a lot of aspiring performers who are wanting to do this as a career listen to this show. So what would your advice be for anyone who is currently working towards, working in or wanting to be a performer? What would your advice be to them?
1: Well, it's funny how um, nearly everybody you speak to, um, when when they talk about their career, you say, well, when did you first dream or aspire to being that person you know whether it's a professional dancer or whether it's a pilot like my husband um or whether it's some sort of guru meditation guru friends of ours um and they always say around about 10 or 11 so these these dreams of a 10 or 11 year olds they they become true. And they, it's, it's, about, it's about having that dream, believing in it, focusing on it and working towards it. And you will get your goal in the end. And, and some people do have to diversify. I mean, I'm a classic example. Um, you know, dancers especially, we can't just carry on until we're 70 dancing and performing and earning money. I mean, unless you're Anton, of course. But um, <laughs> mind you, I'm still—I'm not far behind him, and I'm still performing. So, so uh, you know what I mean. So it's—you've um, got to be able to uh, have a—you know—be open to moving in that area and moving on to other things. But, but I think it's having that dream initially and keeping the focus on that dream that you had as a child and i think um then your dreams have come true
0: absolutely that is wonderful advice thank you so much um for coming on today i would like everyone who is listening at home to go check out fit steps let's follow ian on all his social media Mm -hmm. and please if you haven't already go and get yourself some tickets for the ballroom boys Act Two, or Part Eight, as we might call it. Um, But yeah, get your tickets. I will put all the links of everything we've spoken about in today's show notes. So you can definitely find where it will be. Or if you're really struggling, you can head to at the Performer Journals and we will direct you on from there. If you really can't find the links, we will give them to you. Um, But I wanna say a massive thank you, Ian, for coming on and giving up your time for us today.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure, Bethany. I, uh, you know, it's lovely. It's lovely to talk about myself. I just love it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been so lovely. And thank you to everyone listening at home. This has been Performer Talks and I've been your host, Bethany Unwin.